1: of disease podcast
0: welcome to the a to z of disease podcast i'm your host dr masi Kurir. the conversation today is on tb tuberculosis and this is because over the last one year when many of us were battling and struggling with covid um the symptoms of tb the symptoms of covid were more or less the same when you think about fever when you think about the cough then TB or COVID is in that conversation. So we want to have this discussion with a consultant physician of respiratory medicine and critical care. He's a consultant at the Kenyatta National Hospital and has been one for the last eight years and 16 years as a doctor. This is Dr. Andrew Owar. Karibu daktari. welcome to the podcast. Thank you so a- much, Dr. Mas. It's always a pleasure to have you here. Same here. So TB, I remember when I was first covering COVID-19, there was a real fear that, you know, if I have TB, I may be confused for COVID, then I'd be, be locked up. Yet it's TB, I should probably get medicine. I go and have my medicine for six months. Um, what has been your experience with TB and COVID?
1: Imagine how tragic that is. It is. The, the, yeah, that, that um you have symptoms. Uh, TB treatment in Kenya in the public facilities is free. Uh, TB testing is free. And yet people shied away because they were worried of being put in quarantine in charge. Is it 3,000 or 2,000 every day? It was catastrophic. Um, and I think it should not happen again. But um, TB is still here with us. TB continues to plague us. COVID has probably killed, I think now, um, they say, what, about 2 million uh, Mm -hmm. humans. Uh, TB has killed many, many humans. Every year we lose about 1.4 to 1.5 million uh, people globally to TB. And um, TB has been around for more than I think even in the ancient times it was there. In the Bible Mm -hmm. TB Mm -hmm. was there. So TB has killed billions of uh, human beings. And we're in the 21st century and we're still grappling with it we're still talking about we're t- still talking about reculosis. tb yeah
0: what is it about tb then that is makes it such a public health
1: concern what is it um, tb is a public health concern because it's one of those diseases which are called transmissible and uh, they, it's a disease of national importance because unchecked it could wreck havoc to the country the americans who are major donors uh, give us a lot of money for tb just because they don't want tb in their country so they want us to deal with tb here so -hmm. that when you and i go and visit we don't take tb there simply because tb is hard to find easy to treat but hard to find it's it it's it sometimes can be herculean to just try and make a diagnosis of tuberculosis It's, it's
0: it's a bacteria one may think you can actually get this bacteria
1: ESTB is a bacteria, actually the right word, we call it a mycobacteria, so myco just means it's a very unique bacteria because it's a slowly growing and slowly multiplying bacteria. Mm-hmm. And you can only kill it when it is multiplying, when it is alive. So, it's dormant, you can't kill it. Mm-hmm. So, this makes it a bit challenging in terms of treatment. And that's why TB treatment is usually for a prolonged period of time, unlike the other uh, bacterial infections, which usually have either 5 to, to 15 days of, of antibiotic treatment. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: Okay. So, you, you've mentioned there something about um, that you'll find it when it's growing, but when it's dormant or not doing anything, you may not find it. Mm. Could you just explain the, the the whole thing about the BCG vaccine? You know, in, in Kenya, for example, mm. and in most parts of Africa, mm. BCG or the TB vaccination is mandatory. How does this then work?
1: So, um Uh, In the family of mycobacteria, which is the family name, there are many children, as it were. So we have um, mycobacteria, uh, tuberculosis, and we also have bovine. So animals also get TB. So the vaccine, the BCG vaccine, is actually developed from the bovine uh, TB. Uh, they, They kill it okay so it's a uh, it's not an alive it's not a live um, uh, bacteria. bacteria so it's killed and then it's introduced under your skin and there are certain properties about that bacteria that your immune system will be able to learn and know about the tuberculosis so that At a later time when you're exposed to uh, this bacteria, then your immune system already uh, understands that this is an enemy and it needs to be dealt with. So that's basically how vaccines uh, operate.
0: Every child in
1: Kenya has to
0: be vaccinated against TB. Mm -hmm. Then how come later on, somebody as an adult can still get TB? I thought the whole point of the vaccine was to prevent you or make your body learn that when they see this bug, you actually fight it. How come then people still develop TB?
1: So, one, um, the BCG vaccine does not prevent you from getting TB, unfortunately. It helps you from or protects you from the severer forms of tuberculosis. As I mentioned in a previous uh, talk, TB tends to affect all the parts of the body except the hair, the teeth, and the nails. So the severer forms of TB would be, for example, the TB that goes to the covering of the brain, what you call the meninges or TB in the brain, okay, and the one for the joints. And there's another one which you call systemic, which we call miliary tuberculosis. So the essence of the BCG vaccine is just to protect you against these severer forms of TB and not necessarily TB infection. Mm-hmm. So we probably still need to develop a better vaccine for TB. To be able now to protect people for uh, throughout their lives because, as it were, the BCG vaccine is given to the most vulnerable, which is usually the newborns. And it is anticipated that it will just cover them for the first five years because the immune system is not mature. Because the immune system will usually mature at around the age of five, six years. Interesting. Mm.
0: So, are there specific people that are at risk or are there specific pockets that you see
1: TB? You had asked a question about why Kenya, why are all the children vaccinated? It's because Kenya is considered a TB endemic country. So Kenya is amongst the top 20 countries with the highest burden of TB uh, every year. So because of that, it means that there's a lot of tuberculosis in our environment. And that's why we need to vaccinate the children. And that's why the vaccine is still mandated. In some countries, for example, in the West, like in the U.S., they do not vaccinate uh, children against tuberculosis simply because it's rare. Okay, in, in in Europe also, in certain countries, it's rare. So they do not generally vaccinate against tuberculosis. The people who are at most risk, as I mentioned, under fives. Okay, So children under the age of five are at most risk. Kenya, unfortunately, also is one of the high HIV endemic area countries. And there's an interplay between HIV and tuberculosis. H- tuberculosis usually takes advantage of reduced immunity or lowered immunity. So any condition that will tend to lower your immunity would usually put you at risk for tuberculosis. So in Kenya, under fives, uh, people living with HIV... People who are malnourished, so if you're malnourished, then uh, that's also a risk. If you're on any other immune suppressive treatment, so for example, people who've had transplants, for example, kidney transplant, they are prone to get uh, tuberculosis. Uh, People who live in congregate settings, so inmates in the prisons, uh, children in the boarding schools, and any other congregate setting are usually also at risk. Um, Refugees who who are in the refugee camps are at risk. Alcoholics, why alcoholics, and then, um, why uh, alcoholics? I'll come to that. Alcoholics are also prone to TB because alcoholics also tend to do what to sit together in congregate settings, so they'll mm-hmm. be in a bar every day, drinking. Okay, and if you're an alcoholic, you're probably in that congregate setting every day. Poor, and then habits. they also have poor eating habits, so they're they undernourished. Have, but, okay, yes. And then um, we also see um, it's TB in Kenya is more common in men than women. Also because of the same reason, self-care, that women tend to take better care of themselves than men do. Women will tend to balance their diet. Men probably are not so keen on how what they are eating or balancing their diets. Um,
0: common symptom that you know of TB is a chronic cough. Mm. You have this cough for, you know, more than two weeks. Um, But you've said it affects everywhere except the hair, nails, and teeth. Mm. So are the symptoms vary depending on where one is affected or will everyone have a cough?
1: Tuberculosis is actually, we usually divide tuberculosis into two in the scientific world. So we actually have what we call pulmonary tuberculosis and then we have extra pulmonary. Extra pulmonary means TB any other place apart from the lung. Uh, pulmonary tuberculosis, the one in the lung, is the most common, okay? So majority of patients will usually tend to present with respiratory symptoms, which would usually be a cough, okay? But they'll not have a cough alone. They'll have a cough, usually that has lasted for several weeks, has not been responsive to conventional antibiotics. Patients will also typically report drenching nights that they are sweating a lot at night. They will have loss of appetite, okay and they may also report some weight loss because of the duration of time that they have the disease what of the other parts of the body so patients also presenting with the tb of the other parts of the body may also report the night sweats they're sweating a lot at night so they're sweating a lot at night uh, that is unexplained and for example if somebody's having a reduced level of consciousness and you want to think okay this level of consciousness has been deteriorating over the last few days, going to weeks. This person has been losing weight, and we do not know why. Uh, this person also has drenching night sweat, so your 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 pajamas get soaked in sweat, your bedding is soaked in sweat. You want to suspect TB because in Kenya, it's very common. So mm-hmm. you want to rule out TB every opportunity you have, mm-hmm. but more so. Pulmonary, simply because pulmonary tuberculosis, or the one in the lung, is transmissible. So that's the one you can infect other people. Mm-hmm. The one that tends to affect the other parts of the body is not usually infectious. But pulmonary TB is infectious, just like COVID, it's infectious. Mm-hmm. And we hope that you know universal masking will also help us in terms of reducing, reducing. the numbers of TB.
0: So should people with pulmonary TB um, be in quarantine, be in isolation
1: at any point of the treatment? Ideally, yes. Um, It's only that in Kenya, we have a huge number of people. But ideally, yes. Usually, um, in many places, just like patients with COVID, two weeks. So even patients with TB started on treatment, minimum two weeks. Um, In other countries, they're able to do almost a month in the hospital. So they'll keep on checking uh, the patient's pattern to check if there's the bacteria in there. Once they're not seeing the bacteria, then you're allowed home. Formerly in Kenya, we used to actually have TB wards. Mm-hmm. Okay, where patients with TB would be admitted, and once their sputums became negative, then the patients were actually discharged back to the community. What happened? The numbers. Mm-hmm. The numbers were big. When HIV hit, the numbers surged, and it was no longer tenable. Uh, you'd probably convert in in in, other, in some parts of the country probably convert the whole hospital to a TB ward. So because of that, Kenya adopted the community strategy which of course uh, now means that patients are actually treated in nearby health facilities so patients go to a nearby health facility. They are studied on treatment. And actually Kenya came up with something which was called DOTS, directly observed therapy. And this meant that in Kenya, when you're diagnosed with TB, we usually assign you a treatment partner, which is either somebody you live with or a neighbor, somebody to check that you actually take your medication every day. So there was now no need to keep these people in hospitals. Mm-hmm.
0: So, But in in the household setting, for example, Should somebody be isolated from the rest of the family or in quarantine because if it's infectious and somebody has, then they are at risk of, you know, transmitting the same to other members of the household?
1: So before the diagnosis is made, this is a very valid concern. Once a diagnosis has been made and somebody started on treatment, once you take your first dose of anti-TB, usually almost 60% of the bacteria will be Mm -hmm. killed. First dose. And that's why it's important to try and get this diagnosis early before somebody is transmitting uh, the bacteria. There are also, you might find in a family that somebody has to be, and maybe there are some of the family members, are not getting TB. We do not understand why, but there probably also there's some genetic elements in some people being susceptible Mm -hmm. than others. Mm -hmm. But children are usually more susceptible. So if there's an adult, and and most children, their TB will actually be attributed to a contact who probably is an adult, Mm -hmm. just like COVID. Children do not bring COVID. It's an adult who will bring COVID to the home and uh, who will bring TB and then the children now get the tuberculosis. The A to Z of disease podcast. So, um, when we have
0: been very busy looking at COVID, managing COVID, trying to contain COVID, is there a risk that we might have missed to make TB diagnosis, therefore treat patients, and so made the issue of TB worse and probably lost more than the 1.5 million people you are talking about?
1: Might you use the word might? We have missed TB. Uh, during the COVID era, simply because um, a lot of resources, a lot of uh, the country's resources, the Ministry of Health resources, have gone to fight for COVID. And unfortunately, some of the other diseases have sort of uh, not gotten the attention that they usually get, and that has created a challenge, simply because anybody going to a health facility is swabbed for a COVID test. And when their COVID test comes negative, then what next? Most of the people are sent home. They are, you go um, home. Yeah, you go home. You're, COVID, you're happy you don't have COVID, but you're still coughing. What is causing so the, the cough? So what's causing your cough? Okay. So those are some of the questions. So we are just so happy. Everybody so relieved to be told they do not have COVID. But what's causing their cough? And the, 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 at the beginning of the COVID pandemic, I remember this young uh, college student who actually came, was seen in one of the facilities, uh, he was having a cough. They did his COVID test. Of course, that time, every anybody who was a suspect was quarantined mm-hmm. in a government facility. So for a whole week, he was waiting for his results. When his results came uh, out negative, he was discharged of the quarantine area and he was not followed up. So his parents had to look for, called me privately to see the boy. And I did a simple radiograph which actually revealed that he actually had tuberculosis, you know, and we started him on treatment and he's been doing well so far. Mm-hmm. so he's a case that was missed he's not the only one, there are several cases that have been missed mm-hmm. and then there are also patients that I've seen who have had both COVID and TB at the same time yes? How do you manage that? So um, I remember this young man um, who came in with a cough but what was uh, worrying is that one time he so he got admitted for he was swabbed, screened for COVID and was found to be positive then one day he coughed blood. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and COVID. COVID COVID patients don't cough blood, so he coughed blood. We screened him for TB and we found TB. So uh, we started him on treatment. Uh, after two weeks of the of the treatment, we he was allowed home after the 14 days had lapsed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's an example of both COVID and TB at the same
0: time. I'm I'm just trying just to think um, on my feet here. Would this COVID pandemic then have been the chance to try and uh, make TB diagnosis?
1: Yes. So my opinion is that a concerted effort would have been made so that since in Kenya we have quite a high TB burden, we have close to 100,000 cases every year. I mean, a year has gone by and you now have 100,000 cases of COVID. So my opinion is we should have put more concerted effort to screen patients also for TB. Routinely, I do this, that any patient who comes as a suspect, that you also try and check and rule out TB. Mm -hmm. Okay, simply because in Kenya, uh, it's probably much more prevalent than COVID is. So if somebody comes with a cough and they they are sick, it's an opportunity to check for both COVID and to check for TB at the same time. That would also help us because in a matter of time, if we're able to pick as many cases as possible, I would also throw in a HIV test. This Mm. is Kenya. Um, And HIV correlation with TB is
0: one of the things that cause the stigma Mm. that we see around Mm. TB that, Mm. you know, people do not want to be diagnosed with TB because then somebody is thinking, should we also check you for HIV?
1: Yes, so in in Kenya, um, if you are found to have TB, it's mandatory for you to have a HIV test, uh, simply because HIV is the biggest risk factor, non-risk factor for TB in Kenya. So if you have been found to have TB and you haven't been tested for HIV, uh, that you have gotten 50% service, and you should ask for the other 50% to be done, to be screened also for HIV, because if you're not screened for hiv then your risk for death is actually higher that if you have tb and hiv and the hiv is not addressed your risk for death is actually almost 5 times for patients who are on treatment for their hiv mm-hmm. yeah and for patients who are, are mm-hmm. hiv negative
0: mm-hmm. I, I remember a while back one of my colleagues brothers was sick for a long time you do the all, all I, I don't think there's any test that wasn't done um, including HIV, you look for pulmonary TB, nothing. It's only on postmortem that we realized that he had um, it was abdominal TB um, and the risk factor was that he, he used to work in a prison setting. He wasn't a prisoner. He used mm. to work there. Mm. So he had gotten TB and it mm. was missed mm. simply because you once you get HIV is negative, this other TB is negative, then you're like, okay, we don't know what's happening. Mm. So, if we correlate HIV and TB all the time, we might actually just miss TB happening anywhere else in the body.
1: So, um, again, for HIV patients, they are the ones who also tend to have the highest number of TB outside the lung. So, the uh, so-called extra-pulmonary TB is also quite common in people Whose immunity is lowered. So, for example, HIV patients, it's not unusual. And we now actually have tests that actually check for that. We actually do, I usually do a test in the urine called a uh, urinary lipoarabinoman, urinary lung, to actually check for TB that is outside the lung. Okay, mm-hmm. because it's it's as I mentioned as we began, TB is sometimes very challenging to find. Treatment is straightforward, but to, to get it to make that diagnosis of TB can be a challenge, more so if it's not in the apparent areas. So, for example, for this patient with abdominal TB, it's very difficult to Mm -hmm. make that diagnosis, unless probably you took a biopsy of the abdomen, but what would make you suspect? So, if the patient doesn't have abdominal symptoms, then it might be almost next to impossible to make that diagnosis. Typically, uh, patients with TB in the abdomen will usually either present with distension of their belly or they may actually have um, uh, abdominal pain or obstruction uh, sometimes. There are patients who have gone for so-called appendectomy to remove the appendix and actually TB is what was found because it also tends to like that area. Mm -hmm. Yeah.
0: Okay. So how then do you make this diagnosis if it's
1: such a difficult bug to trace. That's why we want to try and prevent and eliminate TB because it can be so difficult to make this diagnosis. Uh, there, there are times when we just you use your clinician gut. You've looked at the test, you've listened to the history, and then you ask yourself, okay, for example, uh, your brother's friend, he worked, he, is he an inmate? So, no. he's, he's in a congregate setting, for example. Mm-hmm. So, you, you can risk stratify. So, for example, if I have an inmate, him, it's a bit difficult because he was not an inmate. But yeah. if I have an inmate, a uh, child in a boarding school, mm-hmm. um, uh, some a refugee, then t- I want to, even if even if I'm not getting it, I want to have it at the back of my mind, could this be T B? Mm-hmm. Is there something I can do? Mm-hmm. Okay, all right. But if the patient doesn't have symptoms for a specific area, it will be almost next to impossible to get that diagnosis. Mm-hmm. And that's why sometimes uh, we, we have to do post-mortems. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: Unfortunately. Yeah. Because at post-mortem point, yeah. there is actually hardly anything you can do yeah. for something that has treatment available. Yeah. Yeah. And so where is this treatment available in the country? Sh- is sh- it everywhere or some specific... So
1: there are TB treatment centers. Um, majority of the health centers in the Republic are actually TB uh, management units. And you can get care. Uh, go to your health center. They'll be able to collect your spartum. Uh, test you for HIV. Um, where available you may actually be able to get a radiograph done that's a a chest x-ray or uh, an x-ray of the area that is actually suspected to be involved for a diagnosis to be able to be made
0: do people pay for this treatment and
1: no no they do not so uh, tb treatment in public facilities is uh, free of charge Similar to the diagnostics. Mm -hmm. Although there is still a challenge in terms of the radiography, uh, but this is work in progress to actually try and see uh, how Kenyans can actually benefit from imaging. And that's how the MESS project actually came in to actually try and get Kenyans in every corner of the republic to be able to access imaging services. Mm
0: -hmm. So the pill burden, the number of medicines that TB patients have in in my mind it's usually like there it's a lot so how how do people (laughs) manage
1: so 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 um depending on a person's weight um the maximum for so again for tb there's drug sensitive and then there's drug resistant uh what in Kisweli we call tb sugu um that uh for sensitive tb they usually are on, if it's an adult above the weight of 55 kilograms, they'll be on four tablets. And then we'll usually give you a vitamin tablet with it, which we call peridoxin or vitamin B6. So, it will usually be on five tablets. The challenges is when you have drug-resistant TB, Okay, previously also the, the pills were many, but we've made actually concerted efforts. Currently we only we recommend uh, four drugs, four even drug uh, resistant TB. So the pill burden has come down. Challenge used to be for TB HIV, for example, mm-hmm. okay, where the pill burden was uh, you know you're taking three tablets for, for your HIV, HIV, maybe twice a day, then you're taking your septrin. Okay, to prevent infections, Mm -hmm. then you're also taking your anti-TBs or your drug resistant uh, regimen. So you're taking 13 plus 7. So you're about 20 tablets every day.
0: I mean, they just sound like one would have very serious side effects from all of these
1: medicines. Well managed by people who are conversant with these diseases. Not a problem. Yeah, But of course, yes, the issue of side effects is actually one of the reasons why we tried to come up with better regimens. And, and through science and research, better medicines have come up so that the pill burden is much lower. So right now, for HIV patients on one tablet or maximum two tablets uh, with a new regimens, for TB, uh, we actually have combined uh, the drugs. Because patients who start on the drug sensitive, it's actually four drugs. But they've been put into one tablet and patients are given four tablets. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: What What would be the likely or the common side effects then from this TB medicine?
1: Most common side effects will usually be fatigue, muscle pains, joint pains, um, a bit of nausea. Uh, those would usually be the most common. Rarely, there's some patients who may actually have some liver toxicity or or some kidney toxicity, and then also very, very rarely there's some patients who may get some skin reactions.
0: So once somebody has gone through the treatment six months mm. or one year, or two years for drug resistant TB, or two years, can it recur, or does it confer them some immunity now that they have, you know, uh, gotten the disease once?
1: So the it it actually depends. So um, some page, some people are at risk. So if you have an alcoholic and uh, During the six months, they are not drinking, and you treated them successfully. And then after that, they go back to their old habits. Then there is a risk. If somebody is HIV positive and they were on medication and then they default, what you call default, or they go out of care and they are no longer taking their medication, the risk is still there, okay? Mm -hmm. If somebody is on uh, medications that lower their immunity, okay, And this is not being; they are not being surveillance is not being checked. Then they can actually get a relapse. And then there are also those patients who get a lot of significant lung damage. Okay, that they develop TB tends to give you what we call cavities in the lung. Mm -hmm. So if 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 patients develop a lot of cavities in the lung, some of them uh, can be very thick that the drug does not penetrate <laughs> and those patients we now recommend that perhaps if it's uh, localized, they actually have surgery done and that diseased part of the lung is removed. Mm-hmm. Okay, my last question. Do babies get TB? Yes, they do. I'm not a child's patient. I'm not a pediatrician. I don't know how they make a diagnosis. It's really tough. So, for children, you just need to take uh, one good clinical history. So, you need to like interrogate the parents a lot and then, of course, uh, keep in mind that, you know what, I've checked for this, I've checked for this. Could this be Tuberculosis. Mm-hmm. Patient is not responding to conventional antibiotics. The child is lethargic. The child is losing weight. Their hair changes. You know, people say, "Okay, uh, this child is developing kwashiorkor." But the mother, like, "No, no, no, no." I give my child a balanced diet. Then you want to suspect: Could this child be having tuberculosis? Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: And as you say, it is brought in by an adult. Because yes. So if <laughs> there's
1: history, a of an, history of somebody, an adult, and for children, it's as long as two years. Mm-hmm. So if in the last two years, if there's anybody who's had TB, then that's how the how long the disease could incubate. So the child was one year when their uncle, who was staying with them, was on treatment, and then a whole year after the child comes down with tuberculosis. Mm-hmm. I think we should have another podcast
0: to just have a conversation on TB in uh, children. Yes. Yes, yes. Thank you. Thank you very much, Dr. Tari. As always, it's a pleasure to have you around. Thank you so um, much, Dr. Dr. That was Dr. Andrew War, a consultant physician of respiratory medicine and critical care at the Kenyatta National Hospital. Uh, just digging deeper into the A to Z of TB. This has been the A to Z of Disease, a podcast by the Health and Science Team. Look up other topics on this podcast page. Thank you for listening in. That's all for this episode. We'll be back soon with another episode. I'm your host, Dr. Masi Kurir.
1: The A to Z of Disease podcast. Waiting
0: on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft
1: increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help.